Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast. We are very excited about today's call, but before we get into the interview, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the product that you discovered. So every pageant girl needs an amazing set of makeup brushes. That's a non-negotiable. So this week's item is the ultimate pageant girl makeup set, and it comes with a ton of makeup brushes, all sizes, all shapes, all purposes. Uh, so you can get into the creases for your eyeliner. You can go ahead and blend your eye makeup out. Um, foundation brushes, anything you can imagine is in this kit. Wow. Can you tell us why this kit is powerful? I mean, what do you like about the brushes, length, weight? I mean, any kind of insider information here? So these brushes do not shed. Um, they will not hurt your skin. They are for all types of skin. And it comes with a lightweight faux leather um, travel bag, which is keeps it all in one place. That is the worst thing for me about travel because I used to mix and match brushes from different brands and it was a pain in the butt. So to have them all be uniform fit in one particular case, it is so easy to just take and go. And you talk about like that it doesn't shed. Is it normal that most like a lot of the lesser brands out there that they do shed and the bristles kind of fall off in your face is that a thing it, it's totally a thing and not just falling out on your face but when you're it's important to clean your makeup brushes regularly um, and when you're cleaning them you want them to be able to hold up to um, that cleaning process and if they're shedding or they're not made with quality uh, that's the first thing that happens and you need them to have that depth to hold the product and apply it evenly well and it's kind of Am I right in saying this, that if you don't have a quality makeup brush, it's not going to spread the makeup on evenly or even like soak up some of the makeup on the brush so that you can apply it to your face? Yeah, it's all about the brush. And I've, I've actually heard, and I believe this, that if you change, if you don't change your skill of application and you don't change your product, but you change your quality of brushes, that alone will make your makeup look better and stay longer, which is hard to believe, but it is so true. I mean, for me, when I finally upgraded my brushes, I noticed a huge difference. It, it does. It, it makes perfect sense. There's some areas in life that you can afford to save money on, and there's other areas that you just need to spend. And this clearly is one of those areas. And you know, this set is only $39.99 and that is a steal. And it comes in two different colors. It comes in an adorable pink. So if you are uh, really feeling the pageant vibe and you want to go for that really girly flirty look with your makeup brushes to make yourself smile every morning, that's one aspect. But it also comes in a really clean looking black and bamboo, um, a little more sophisticated, a little more sleek. But for this price point, and I mean, you probably get about 20 brushes in this kit. That's unbelievable value. So I think it's a perfect gift. Wow. Go for the pink. Okay, where where can they find it? Um, you already said how much it was. Is there shipping associated, etc.? Give us the deets. You can find it at shop.thepageantplanet.com, and it is called the the Ultimate Pageant Girl Makeup Set. Again, two colors, free shipping from thepageantplanet.com, and uh, you can return it if you're not fully satisfied. But I would be shocked if that was the case. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. 
Megan Alexander is the national news correspondent, speaker, actress, producer, wife, mother, and former Miss Washington preteen 1993. She can be seen every evening as a correspondent on the top-rated national news magazine television show, Inside Edition. For the past two seasons, she's covered Thursday Night Football as a special correspondent for CBS News. And on October the 4th, she will be releasing her very first book, Faith in the Spotlight. It's going to be released in every major bookstore and on every major website that you can think of, which is super, super exciting. Today she is here and she's going to discuss not only the book, but she's going to talk about how she leveraged pageantry to launch a career in the entertainment industry and how you can do the same. So Megan, welcome to the call. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. 100%. Now, your life continues to intersect with pageantry since the 1993 days. Uh, Talk about that for us a little bit. (laughs) Yes. Well, I was 12 years old at the time. I got that flyer in the mail that so many girls do advertising a pageant. And I was an athlete. I played sports. I had no idea what a pageant even was. But my mom said, hey, this looks like fun. Meg, let's give this a try. And so I did. And yes, I, it's hard to believe that 20 years later, I am still involved in the pageant world. Um, obviously, I was a contestant many, many years ago, but then I began working for a pageant company, working as a choreographer and then an MC. And now my husband uh, is a producer for a pageant system. And so I still help him out in the summer. And yes, as a reporter for Inside Edition, Stephen, I got to tell you, Every single time we crown a new Miss America in this country, a new Miss USA, a new Miss Universe, within a couple days, they are in the Inside Edition offices in New York City, and 90% of the time, I am their interview. I'm the person that gets to interview them when they're doing their big New York media blitz. So it's pretty cool because a few of them have become dear friends, And yes, it is a small world, the pageant world, and it's been fun to see friends compete at that level and still be involved. Now, we've got a lot of fans and followers from the Philippines. So tell us like uh, something fun about like PA, whether like your brief interactions with her, et cetera. Yeah. Well, it was so fun to cover Super Bowl 50 with Pia. She had just won Miss Universe and, of course, the whole story behind that and Steve Harvey and and that whole situation. And so when I first met Pia, you know, I was struck by just how calm, cool, collected she is. She's a lovely person, and she was a hard worker, too. I was really impressed. I mean, she covered the Super Bowl for me for a week with Inside Edition as our special correspondent. And you see her on television and in pictures. She's this beautiful, glamorous woman. But she was a hard worker. She asked me questions. How do I cover, you know, the first day of Super Bowl week? What do you think I should be talking about with the players? You know, what's your take on this and that? I found her a really great student, Um, And somebody that took the job seriously, she was not there just to take photos and have a good time. I mean, she really did a good job for us. So it it was really fun to get to know her, um, you know, just one-on-one. We see these women in these national pageants, you know, international pageants for her. And, you know, we think, oh my gosh, what are they going to be like in real person? It was really neat to get to know Pia, the girl that enjoys acting. And she told me about her life growing up. And uh, it's pretty cool to see all that she's doing with the crown this year. It's awesome. Well, congratulations on all your success. I mean, it's been, I mean, just in speaking with you some, your journey is amazing. And so 
Let's learn more about that and how girls can, can follow. Now, a lot of the girls that follow us, they're in school right now, broadcast journalism, they're in school to learn how to do what it is that you do, but you've never taken a college course in this, correct? That is correct. There was no broadcast journalism major at my college. I was a political science major with an emphasis in international relations. And, you know, I... I just, I knew I wanted to do something in this industry, whether entertainment, media, I enjoy people, I enjoy telling stories, but I'm also, you know, one of those girls that just really enjoyed college and all that it offers and the opportunity to study all different sorts of things. And so I I majored in political science, but then I got internships and that is really the key, Stephen. I was told that a long time ago and I, I believe it wholeheartedly. You need on-the-job training. You need to be on that television set as an intern watching an anchor handle breaking news, watching them handle the situation, receive information in their IFB, in their earpiece, be out in the field with a reporter when a story breaks. Nothing beats hands-on training, and that's where I got a lot of it. And then if you have, you know, the the street smarts and the book smarts from college, from who you are as a person, I think you can apply it in the job. And a lot of a lot of um, journalists that I admire have degrees in business, political science, law, communications, um, some even philosophy and sociology. So you can bring a lot of different majors into this industry and gain those practical skills from internships. What I loved about your story is when you moved to Nashville, you just picked up the phone and started cold calling (laughs) radio stations like, hey, can I have an internship? Now, would you suggest, I mean, because so much stuff has changed in that industry uh, due to technology, but would you suggest girls starting off at radio stations or where would you suggest them looking for said internships? You know, that's a great question. Some colleges do offer um, incredible programs and can connect you with a radio station or a television station for an internship. And if so, go for it. For me though, you know, I, I just needed to claim it on my own and that was my path. Um, and yes, I knew no one in this business. I had no friends in the industry. My father came from a finance world. My mother was a teacher. And so they said, good luck, Meg. We support you. We know nobody in this industry. So yes, I emailed and cold called radio stations. And the only radio station that got back to me was a classical music station. Nice. And they, and they offered me, I know, right? Very sexy. They offered me the midnight to 6 a.m. shift but it but it was a it was a gig in the industry and there i was learning the equipment talking on the microphone so any way that you can get your foot in the door um i tell girls don't get discouraged if you if you can't find an internship in radio or television think about pr uh, work at a magazine, a public relations firm. I interned in Washington, D.C. for a United States senator and really kept an eye on the communications director who was interacting with the media and got a different perspective of the media that way. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of it is persistence and hustle. And I write about that in my book. Um, I think, you know, you got it. You got to want it. You've got to have that fire in the belly to get into this industry because it is so competitive. And when you get in there, you've got to work hard. But yes, I would absolutely say be creative and, and really explore all the different aspects of the industry that interest you. Yeah. And you 
completely exemplify this, that though you've never had a college course in it, you've certainly have an extensive education. And like Pia, you were asking a lot of questions. You were like playing around with a lot of the equipment and just networking. So uh, people are not going to let you into their world if they don't like you or trust you, right? So how did you just out of thin air how are you able to really connect with people to get them to both believe in you and to want to see you to succeed to the point where they are helping you? That's a great question. Um, Some of the majors do offer complimentary classes. Like my political science major required us to take public speaking. And that is obviously very complimentary for the broadcast journalism world. So some majors will have classes that are complimentary or somehow connected to the industry. And that's a great way to also make connections. Um, whether it's asking questions of professors, staying late, I stayed late at college and just started asking my professors questions. I said, Hey, I want to be a news anchor. What am, what, what should I do? What are my steps? I mean, you just sort of are that person that's always raising their hand in class and other people think you're annoying. And I just didn't care because I had my career goals and dreams. And then yes, when you get that internship or you get on set or show up for that job, you need to take it seriously. You need to be professional. Um, You need to come prepared, be on time, be early, Um, you know, observe. I mean, I really, so much of internships is observation, not trying to show off or, you know, do a bunch of things that you're not prepared to do yet, but observe and, and, and take it all in. So I think, um, you know, it starts with small tasks. And if you do those well, I've found that they will gradually continue to add to your plate. And suddenly those small tasks turn into big opportunities. Um, So everything can be an opportunity to to something greater and you're planting seeds all along the way. Um, It's interesting, you know, I'm actually talking to a DJ right now about my book in Nashville, Tennessee. I interned at his radio station, you know, 20 years ago. And now coming full circle, we're talking about doing an interview uh, coming up here on my book. So everyone that you meet can also be a connection in the future. I don't know if you know this about me or not, but I've never taken a marketing course. Um, and oh. I've never done that. And nor did I have any connections in this industry. But how I got started was doing the exact same thing, like asking experts what their Um, what their advice was on how I could push the brand forward. Um, And I just started interviewing a bunch of people, both from my website and who are marketers. And what I've discovered is what you're saying is like, people rarely get a chance to pour in to other people. And by you just being open and allowing them to pour in, I mean, I feel like they are now in partnership with you that 20 years later, you can pull back on that relationship. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think also, you know, in this industry, it's very fast paced. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to do. And so if you're reliable and they know that they can toss you a task and you will take care of it, that is huge in our industry. I mean, as stories are coming into the newsroom and decisions are being made, there's been many times when, you know, a boss has said, okay, I need you to call this person, take this story, just, just take care of it, handle it. 
and you're not going to get a ton of guidance, but you just need to, okay, here we go. Just dig in, start making phone calls. I think that builds trust. And again, if you can be a reliable employee, that is huge um, in our industry as someone that can just take something on, take ownership of a task and go with it. There's not a lot of time to chit chat. That will come later. But if you can handle those small things well in the beginning, um, it will pay off. That's what I found. So you intern with radio stations, politicians, television stations, and all this. How did you keep your compass as to what you wanted to do in all those different situations? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, you just need to get in there and start working to figure it out. And I also realize that it's difficult to be choosy when you're starting out. Um, like I said, my first job was a classical music DJ. You know, my first choice would have probably been country music. Um, but you go where the opportunity is. But then along the way, I realized that with my personality, I'm a people person. I enjoy performing and interacting with people. I realized that I did not want to just cover hard news. That was not for me. I like the variety that Inside Edition offers, and I love the concept of of being on a morning show. One of my first full-time jobs was as a morning news reporter. I love waking up the viewers, you know, being high energy, upbeat, sort of their cup of coffee in the morning. That's much more my my cup of tea, I guess, than evening news is. So you you begin to figure that out. And then you, you need to just start making choices. You know, am I going to take this next job here or am I going to wait, step out in faith that there's something better around the corner um, or if there's only hard news jobs available, is there an opportunity occasionally to do more of an entertainment upbeat story? Uh, you know, a lot of times it is what you make of it. Um, so I think, again, it's it's being creative and figuring out what you think could be your niche and where your skill set is. But this job is all-encompassing and there are long hours. It is not a nine-to-five job. So whatever you end up doing, it does wear on you and you need to love what you do. And I, and I knew that, um, entertainment, a nice mix of entertainment and regular news would be something that I could really throw myself into and love. So you need to figure that out along the way and and decide what will keep you excited to go back to work every day. Do you remember how long you had to intern before you actually started getting paid or like paid an amount that you would actually deem significant? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, well, I did internships all through college. So that was four years, multiple internships. The summer of my senior year, I did another internship. My first year out of college, I did another internship. We're up to like six by now. Um, my first paid radio gig was nine bucks an hour. And that was for a couple months. And then I got a big old pay raise to 10 bucks an hour <laughs> with, with, right? with another um, radio station. But that was the opportunity for me, Stephen, by doing good work at that $10 an hour job in radio that ended up being an opportunity to move into the television world. So once again, you, life is what you make of it. And that boss that hired me for 10 bucks an hour I respect him so much. He guided me down the television path. I talk about him in my book. He taught me so much about negotiating contracts and being tough and knowing your worth. Um, so I wouldn't trade that 
that $9 or $10 an hour radio job for anything. So let's talk about that. Um, just a few different things like a woman being in the world of entertainment. Um, and let's talk about the being tough, like knowing what you're worth, because a lot of times like a guy can be tough and he's a great leader. A woman, when she's tough, she can be labeled as a B, you know? Right. Um, so how did you maintain that balance? Yeah. Um, that's a difficult one because we all have different personalities. We all present differently. Um, we all have different takes on, on how we want to be in that type of a situation. Um, you know, I, along the way, again, I observed people and I asked questions. My personal experience is one of the light bulb moments for me was asking for opportunities. As I look back over my career, literally every time there was something in front of me that I wanted to pursue or try, I asked. For example, when I was a reporter for the San Antonio, Texas um, local news station that I worked for, I was the morning traffic reporter. I went into my boss and I, I mean, I was just young and excited and I just asked him, I said, if there's ever an opportunity to anchor on the weekend, I just want you to know I could do it. Here's my tape. I'd love the opportunity. And he was like, Okay. And then sure, you know, sure enough, down the road, I did a follow-up email, just did my job to the best of my ability. He gave me an opportunity. All the way up to here to Inside Edition, Stephen, after being here for a year, I walked into my boss's office and I said, Hey, if there's ever an opportunity to anchor the weekend show, just want you to know I'd love to. I'm available. I think I could do it. And my boss said to me, and this is so important for, for women to hear and men, but my boss said to me, he said, Oh. I hadn't even thought about that. Thank you for bringing it up. Please remind me. I'll probably forget because there's so much going on on our television show, but remind me and I'm sure we could figure something out. And then I got an opportunity to anchor the weekend show. So my thought is ask the worst that could happen is they will say no. And all of my opportunities have been from me asking and just deciding to go for it. And, you know, doing it in, in my way with who I am and being polite and, you know, just also being confident, though, and saying, hey, I know I can do this. I'd like I'd like the opportunity. Um, that has worked for me. And people are usually shocked that everything was me asking. Nothing was handed to me. And I've found that some other friends in the industry, this is um, a similar story with them, too. And then in terms of being a bold female, I think you need to, um, you know, decide if you're comfortable negotiating for yourself, or if you'd like to have an agent or a manager and remove yourself from this situation and have somebody else speak on your behalf. I've done it both ways and I've learned um, in both situations. So you need to determine what's right for you and your personality. But I will say this, it is awesome to learn how to negotiate for yourself and to negotiate your own contract. I think every person should go through that and define what they think they're worth. Yeah, it is a fun process. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the right word. I don't know. Maybe that's not the right word. <laughs> well, I mean, it's part of your tuition of life, right? Yeah. And part of your yes. tuition in business. And that's just a course. And if you lose money on a deal, just chalk it up to life tuition. You got to pay it somehow. Yes. Um, now, with this, it, being a woman in entertainment, the stereotype or maybe the misconception is that you have to sacrifice some of your morals in order to get ahead. Can, can you talk about that? And if that's true, if that's not, or 
if it is, in most cases, how you've refrained? Yeah, that's a great question. That's something I'm passionate about, obviously, because of my book and the title being, you know, Faith in the Spotlight, Thriving in Your Career While Staying True to Your Beliefs. Um, I want people to know it is absolutely possible. It is absolutely possible to do well and to feel good about yourself at the end of the day and think, you know, believe that you are um, acting in accordance with your beliefs and values. This is something that, you know, I was raised um, in a Christian home with a strong faith and parents that were supportive and um, just really believed in me and believed in my worth as a female in holding myself to a high standard. I realize not everyone gets that, um, but there's also opportunities to put yourself in those types of situations, whether it's Girl Scouts or great programs um, like sports teams that can build confidence or pageants um, that can build confidence in you as you define your career goals and dreams and fill out that resume and really decide what you want to do with your life. Um, Along the way, I just really always wanted to feel good about telling my parents and my grandparents about what my workday was like and how I was presenting myself. Um, I wanted to honor my faith and you know how I believe God calls us to be. I realize everyone needs to figure that out for themselves. So in the book, I just tried to give some real-life scenarios. I think it's one thing to preach about this and to talk about it. It's another thing to actually be sitting in that office in New York City and have a situation come across your desk and you're not sure what to do. So I tried to just share a lot of different situations that I've been involved involved with at work and how I um, navigated those situations and how I came to my decisions and share them with with others in in hopes that I will encourage them. And I think there's a real need for this because television tends to only show us the super dramatic, whether it's a reality show housewife flipping a table over or somebody acting out and and being really rebellious. You know, you hear about a lot of those stories, but there's also a lot of good people in this industry that I've met that share my beliefs. You just don't always hear about it. So that was a big incentive for me to write about it in this book and to encourage others that they can do the same. I think at the end of the day, when I'm getting bogged down with the enormity of New York City and national television, I try to remember that ultimately I'm performing for an audience of one. And that's my Lord and Savior. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You're never going to please everyone. But if I can perform well for that audience of one, then I'm doing okay. So to that, I mean, no job is without its stress or its challenges or, you know, the, maybe the overly demanding boss or the drama filled coworker, how, like, what's kind of a practical step that you take to remind Mm -hmm. yourself that God's ultimately in control and that you are only doing this for him? Sure. Well, I took a leadership class in college that required us to write out our own mission statement for ourselves and for our life. And if anyone has not done that, I would highly encourage them to do that. I think it's important to know yourself when you enter this industry and try to define what you believe in, what you are okay with doing and what you're not, much like an actor. You know, um, we hear about actors and they have these contracts and these Um, details in their contracts of what they will 
and won't do in a movie, in a scene, I think you need to do the same thing with your life and and with your career. And I realize when you're starting out, you're not totally aware of what you'll be getting involved with, but try to define where you stand on important issues in life. And then you need accountability. Um, I've got a, a great group of girlfriends here in New York City. A couple of them are very famous faces on uh, television shows. And we all formed a Bible study a couple years ago just to talk about real life issues, share situations, give each other advice, um, encourage one another. Community is so important and accountability along the way. And then the other thing is, you know, practically, I really think you need to pick and choose your battles. You're not going to win every single battle. And you need to say, okay, what's really important to me? What is, you know, just a black and white issue to me? And then what's something else where, okay, I'm not crazy about it, but I'd be okay doing that or whatnot, covering that story or what have you. And then also remembering that you're part of a business in an industry that is feeding other people's families. I'll give you one quick actual example of what all this means. So I, oftentimes on Inside Edition, we cover the major award shows, Golden Globes, Academy Awards, and so forth. And then the next day, we go, like say Angelina Jolie wore a certain black dress on the red carpet. We will then go find a similar black dress to the one that she wore, but it's at a fraction of the price. Hers costs $10,000. We find one that costs $100. I model the dress, and then we tell our viewers where they can find it. Well, a certain reality show star had worn a dress that was just incredibly revealing, um, not a whole lot of material, showed a ton of skin. And they wanted me, the show wanted me to wear that dress the next day. And I just wasn't crazy about it. I just said, "Uh, guys, I really don't want to wear this dress. And I got, they really pushed back on me and said, no, you need to wear this dress. She's the most popular star. This is what we're doing. And I thought, okay, how can I work the problem here? So I tried to be creative realizing that everyone's counting on me. We have to deliver a deadline in a couple of hours. This story will run regardless. And me holding out and throwing a stink here isn't helping everybody. I've got to work the problem. So I said, hey, okay, I'm not crazy about that dress. However, Heidi Klum wore this adorable black dress. I know where we can get one. It would work on my body. Can we go with that? I even called, found the dress, got it, tried it on. And they said, okay, we'll go with that. So I tried to offer a plan B. I delivered for my show. I didn't leave them hanging. I think it's really important to work the problem. I don't think you can just throw a fit and say no and then just leave everyone hanging. Try to come up with a plan B. Um, That's what I talk about in the book. And I think that is real life situations. Oh my gosh. I love that. As As a business owner with staff, I love that you not only said, no, I'm not crazy about that, but here is what I'm willing to do, or here's an alternative. That is everything. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> now, well, thanks. so honestly, when I, when I first read uh, you know, the, the title, um, and I, I was like, okay. Like, I mean, I, I noticed your face, and I know your family. I was like, okay. But then when I heard the story behind like why you wrote it and the book came alive, came alive to me and I'm really looking forward to like grabbing a copy tomorrow. Um, so with that, like 
can you tell a story of like why you wrote the book? Like what's that email that you got? Um, and then just a brief overview about the book. And then lastly, like where they can find it. Sure. Well, I got an email from a pastor in Seattle, Washington. He emailed me and he wrote, Megan, I have a church full of young, ambitious women with big career goals and dreams, but they are worried to get that corner office or to climb the ladder, they're going to need to compromise their faith. And this pastor said, I have few people to point them towards, but I know of you you've held true to your faith and values and achieved success. Will you come talk to my church? And I'd received that email before Stephen. And I said, yes, I will come and talk to your church. And I need to write this book. It had been on my heart for a while. And I thought, yes, I know how important role models were for me when I was starting out and still are. Role models are still very important to me. So if I can encourage one other person I need to do this. And so that that is the book. It is me saying, hey, I know how you're feeling. I was an incredibly ambitious young woman, still am, and I wanted to, to do it too. Um, and this is my journey. Let's walk through it together. Let's talk about body image. Let's talk about finding a mentor, being a mentor. Let's talk about negotiating contracts. Um, let's talk about the hustle and the determination and the grit that it takes to be in this industry. Let's talk about having an agent or not having an agent. Um, you know, let's talk about dating, relationships, marriage, how important it is to have a supportive partner if you want to work in this industry because you will be traveling all the time and away from your family on holidays and be put in situations, um, you know, that, that will be difficult for your family and your spouse to relate to in terms of covering major events, natural disasters. Let's talk about it. So I tried to break it down very practically. And, um, you know, Steve and I, I love reading. I love books. I've found a lot of great books from guys on this topic, but I have not found a lot from women. Uh, females that are believers and also, you know, go-getters that want to get in and succeed in business and in life. So I did my best and I, you know, I just hope that it helps the next generation um, and you can get it. Yeah. Pretty much everywhere on October 4th on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Lifeway Christian stores. And uh, it's, it's been a two and a half year journey and um, just really, really fun to write. Yeah. And I'm telling you, you who are listening to this, you need to get a copy of the book. I, I'm not getting like paid anything to say this, but like <laughs> if, if you're a VIP member and you say like, okay, I can't afford to do both. Email me, Steven at the pageant planet. will like, I'll refund you that money for the book so you can get it. I'm telling you, if you're serious about your career in entertainment and just as a successful businesswoman, you need to learn from someone who is there and doing it and is experiencing that success. And just from what I know about Megan um, and her husband, you need a mentor like her. So go get it. Comes out October 4th, which is tomorrow, and um, read away. So, Megan, where, lastly, Social media, if they want to connect with you on social media, what are the channels that you're more, most active on? Sure. Well, the book website is faithinthespotlight.com. 
and you can get a lot of information there. And then myself, I'm on Twitter at Megan Alexander, Facebook, Megan Alexander, and then Instagram, I'm Megan J Alexander and the number one. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I'm tweeting different career tips and bits of advice and stories and talking about on the job and things that are coming up for me and real life instances. So yeah, I love to connect with people that way and hear their journey and their story and what, what's, you know, their big passion and desire in life. That's awesome. Again, Megan, can't thank you enough. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and just sharing your person with all of us living on pageant planet. You bet. Thank you so much for having me, Stephen. I, you know, I'm, I'm thankful to pageantry for all that it taught me. And it is a really, um, neat community of strong women. And I love, you know, what it does for women and the opportunities that it gives ladies. So, um, I'm grateful for you and all that you're providing for all these girls that are changing the world. That's awesome. Until next time. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.